Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. I'm Josh Peck. And I'm Ben Soffer. And, and we're, we're the, the good, good guys. guys. There's a lot of guys out there. And we're the good ones. I feel so lucky to be here with you. And I, I got to tell you, I did something cool. What'd you do? I saw a little, a little movie, small film, about a very famous historical figure who rose to prominence in the 1940s. It's a young man named J. Robert Oppenheimer. I saw Oppenheimer. Wow. How was it? It's fucking great. Wow. Wait, they're gonna, people might quote that, so let me just say, it's very, very good. Wow. It's... When it's, can I see it? Maybe at the premiere. Who knows? Yeah, maybe see? That's what I'm talking about. I mean, if I get extra tickets to the premiere, you're coming. That's it. Okay, okay good. Okay, good. Sorry, Paige. Sorry. No, no, no. She's coming too. That's a given. <laughs> no, no, no. Clip it. No. <laughs> <laughs> if I get one extra ticket, it's going to bed. Could you imagine? I'll go <laughs> if you'll wear the gown that Paige would have worn to the premiere. <laughs> you'll never be invited back again. We got who, is this, who is this incredibly hairy Jewish man wearing a wedding dress? When and Dear, what is he doing here? When Dear Media gives us the armchair expert deal of 60 mil guaranteed, you heard that right, Dear Media. I know you're listening. I think we should do like what, have you ever heard of what the creators of South Park, what they did when they went to the Oscars together? No, but I did just hear what they did. Didn't they just uh, buy an old restaurant and redo it for like $40 million? Did you read that? I didn't, but if anyone could, it's them because they, they make billion-dollar deals with Viacom. Wow. You know, it's on, on Max, on HBO Max, but there's like a 45-minute documentary about how they make their episodes, and it's incredible because they literally write and produce entire episodes in six days because it has to be so topical, but... In the doc, they talk about how they were nominated for a song, I think, for an Oscar for the first South Park movie. I think it was Blame Canada. And so Matt and <laughs> Trey being not very interested in the Oscars said, well, if we go, we're going to wear. So I think Trey wore the famous J-Lo dress of like the deep decolletage green sort of flowy blousey thing. And to top it off, they ate acid in the limo on their way there. So they're literally being interviewed <laughs> on the carpet like, 
It's a great night. I'm just so happy to be here. It's so good, dude. And I'm pretty sure my sponsor in AA would be totally fine if the only time I had a slip was so you and I could do acid and walk the carpet together. And walk the carpet together. In gowns. If you had accepted the invitation to the Met Gala, what would you have worn? Depends on what the theme was. What was the theme? So you would have been in theme. I probably wouldn't. I think that's all cornball shit. Again, as we said in our last episode, billionaires be cray cray. And I just don't need an excuse to dress up. I don't want to go back to camp. I I left my childhood on the stages of Nickelodeon and I'll, I'll, I'll leave it there forever. I'm happy to be a grown up. You know, it's interesting. I At first I was agreeing with you, but then the more I thought about it, the Met Gala will put out a theme. It's kind of like you throwing a beautiful 4th of July white party and some guy shows up in a black t-shirt. It's like, can't you just stick to the theme? It looks cool when everybody's in theme. That said, their themes have gotten completely out of control, right? Because their themes are more, they're so general and one can take inspiration that nobody looks like they're at the same party anyways. So I've come full circle and I agree with you. Do you want to know what the themes of a party I would have would be? Yes. Leave early. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> Keep to yourself. What's the theme? Silence. Silence. Yes. Potluck. Bring something. Yes. Could you imagine be- if I brought brownies to the Met Gala? By the way, nowadays, I know you're sober, but people do. You'll They'll invite you over to their house for a, a big function, and they'll have, like, joints on a platter the same way that at one point you'd have a glass of champagne. Isn't that I- interesting? I think that's great. And I, I think that that's the natural progression for spritz and Aperol spliff. Ooh, I like that. I like that. That's very interesting. Yes, um, a, fr- a fruity joint, a fruity <laughs> joint. Oh, so let me tell you about the Oppenheimer screening because it was it was very surreal. And, and just keeping up with the level of excellence that I've experienced and granted experienced in a, a very small amount because I am in the movie for a very, very strong, wonderful couple minutes, but incredibly proud and honored to be a part of it. Of course, I just want to mitigate people's expectation, but to have been involved in this movie with someone like Christopher Nolan, who's truly operating at like the highest level is, is one of our greatest sort of artists, directors. And to be like invited to this screening and to know that he like under any normal circumstance, you're getting a link. Right. They're like, you want to see the movie? We're going to give you an exploding link. You can watch it on your laptop. Enjoy. But with the Christopher Nolan movie, that ain't happening. Okay. We all were summoned. And when I say all, me and a couple of the other actors to City Walk, which is at Universal Studios, but it's kind of the commercial part of it. It's the outside. (laughs) Okay. I'm like, where are we going? Buka to Beppo? Let's fucking live it up. Sorry, I didn't interrupt you. I thought you were going to a Chinese restaurant called City Walk. <laughs> there is a Chinese restaurant called City Walk. It, I used to go there. It was right by my old apartment. Great sesame chicken. Great. I continue. We get some in there and they have this movie theater there where they can screen 70 millimeter prints, which is the IMAX size film. It's sort of like mm. double the size of a normal film, which is why the scope and just how beautiful his movies look. That's why he's sort of, you know, able to capture such such beautiful imagery. And we have this theater all to ourselves, and we literally sat there. And he's there, which is so rare. I mean, 
you know, this was not a screening for Matt Damon. This was me and a couple actors who are, are very much supporting actors. But the fact that he was there, he was lovely. He remembered my name. I showed him a picture of my kids. I don't know why. I just felt compelled. He was like, hello. <laughs> he was like, hello, Josh. I'm like, I'm, I'm a dad. And him, him and his entire team, his wife, who's the producer of the film, were so lovely. And you just sit there and it's unreal. It's just so well done. And it makes me excited about the movies, which I find like more and more people aren't excited about going to a movie. But I think this is one of those where you go, how can we ever live without theaters? I'm very proud of you. I'm very excited to see it. I know the role is minimal. That said, Christopher Nolan season, unbelievable. When you go to a screening like this, do they at least give you, like, do you get some popcorn or do you get like a nice big soda or it's too professional to have any snacks? No snacks. And it's, you know, it's a long movie. It's almost three hours. And so I was very sure of my intake of coffee that morning because God forbid I needed a pee break. And as I told you, I'm a pisher, so I'll I'll ruin road trips. You don't want to mm. go over 60 miles with me because I'm going to be stopping and, you know, jumping out, having to pee. So I made sure I didn't get up once. I was very proud. But before and after, I was, yeah, I was a racehorse in there. And so was that the first time that you had seen it beginning to end? Yes. First time I'd seen any of it. So, so for us non-actors, walk us through that feeling of being a part of a movie. Did you read the, like, did you read the full script? Like, did you know, like, of course you know what the movie's about, but you get your lines, right? Yes. But do you read the, do you read everybody's lines and the full script? You already knew everything that it was about. And then when it came to life and you're seeing it for the first time, like, just walk us through like that feeling of being a small part of something so big and then watching that whole thing back, like it, it's fascinating. So when you, I guess I could start with the audition. Have I talked about kind of the, the audition process for this? No, no. So I was very lucky in this instance because I auditioned for the movie and I sent a tape in the beginning of November, 2021. And I kind of said to my agent, listen, no worries. I don't book movies like this. Call me when they're doing American Pie 7. I'm sure I'll, I'll be in the running for that. <laughs> <laughs> and she happened to represent the casting director of the movie. So I, I was just getting a little bit more intel than maybe other people would. Because about three weeks later, she goes, Nolan liked your tape. We're in the hunt. I was like, we are? And she was like, yeah. Like you're, you're being talked about. And I was like, okay. And so every like three weeks I would get that text, which is you're still being considered. We're in the hunt. And as like that's happening, announcements are coming out. Matt Damon, Killian Murphy, Rami Malek, you know, Casey Affleck, all, all these brilliant, like uh, Academy Award winning actors and Emily Blunt and Florence Pugh. And you're like, there's no room left. Like, where am I going to fit in? And then I'll, I'll never forget at the end of January, I got a call from my agent and she's like, you're going to work for Christopher Nolan, like congrats. And I remember it was probably a week later, I was invited to read the script in a, in a room at Universal Studios and the script was in the room and I could read it in the room and I could not leave with the script. And that was the only time I read it. And then as we got closer to shooting, I was given the pages for the scenes that I was in. 
And it's just all done because to Nolan's credit, he's like, if this leaks and even if it gets, you know, ruined for 20% of the people who are looking for it on Twitter or whatever, like it's just, that just sucks. And so, yeah. And, and, but the best part of it was that you do a lot of things and I've done plenty of things where we're all on set going, well, at least we'll pay our rent for the next year. Like we're just, you know, you're making a compromise. Like at least I'm going to be able to afford, I don't know, a Range Rover sport from Brooklyn Jaguar and Land Rover. But this was one of those rare things where we were like looking at each other going, Oh, this is why I got into it. Like this could be great. And we're all going to do our very best to make this great. So in finally seeing it a year later, the best part, and this has only happened to me a few times is when you see something that you've worked on for a long time and then it took a year to edit is when you watch it and go, Oh, that's what he was thinking. Like when the director surprises you with what was in their mind, that they had had this massive vision of what it was going to be. And you could have never pictured it yourself because you don't have that gift. You're not the one telling the story. So that's always, that's always nice. So it, it, it's very cool. And I, I feel very lucky to have been a part of it. So cool. And so now that you've booked a movie like this, can you now take this and book more movies like this with bigger parts in movies like this? Like, is it, is it like a stepping stone or are you back to American Pie 7? Which by the way, American Pie 7, I need it. I need it. I'm down to do it. And I think I'm getting in such good shape. I could be Stifler and not the Jason Biggs role. And I'll be Stifler's mom. I don't, I don't always have to be the doughy Jew. You'd be Jennifer Coolidge. I love her so much. She would need to be in it with me. Maybe I'd be, it's funny. I was going to say Stifler's like nice son. Like, could I just be like her nebbishy son? Like while like Stifler's there, just like being like the douchey Stifler. I'm just like the nice like Nebishi Stifler, but I don't know. I feel like there might not be room in Jennifer Coolidge's family for me. I see that. I'd have to be Dan Levy. I'd have to be, not Dan Levy, what's Eugene Levy? Eugene Levy. I'd have to be a member of his family. By the way, I just worked with Eugene Levy, and he is cute. He is. I I love him. He's a sweet pea Canadian Jew, which is maybe the best mix. Shout out Howie Mandel. But I think that, I think I might be on a Jennifer Coolidge progression of my career. I mean, strike me down for saying that there's no one like her, but you know, you think about the role as American Pie, illegally blonde, underappreciated, brilliant. But finally, brilliant. White Lotus, she had her moment. Took her 60 years, but here she is. Might be me. It's going to be you. We're manifesting it. It's going to be you. And then I'll be a random supporting actor in a huge film. It's going to be us. That that was going to be the, the the sequel to the NSYNC song. It's going to be us. Not me like needing to be a part of your your story, but you are. I can't, ben, but I can't wait. It. I can't wait to see it. I this is my it. Oppenheimer. This is my auditory Oppenheimer for the next gen. So I think this is my second act. It's with you, babe. I can't wait to see it. Liquid Death. Unbelievable. Very excited about this sponsor, Liquid Death. I love Liquid Death. We're talking a big can, looks like a beer, but you drink it and it's just great mountain water and teas. We have it in the house. They sent us a great care package. I love the rest in peach. It's a peach tea, literally tastes unbelievable. The Armless Palmer, uh, a take on the Arnold Palmer. Truly, truly delicious. 
but makes you feel like you're drinking something substantial when really you're just drinking mountain water. And people love to ask, why is it called liquid death? Like what is with the death? And it's because it'll murder your taste buds, right? It's delicious, tastes great, amazing at concerts. I actually remember the first time I tried liquid death, I went to an Old Dominion concert on Long Island and saw it up there next to the beers, thought it was very intriguing. Liquid death, ooh, what's that? Mountain water, mountain water, delicious. Love staying nice and hydrated. And so my favorite product personally is the Rest in Peaches. Delicious tea, wonderful. Their waters are great. Their spring waters, their sparkling waters. And you can find Liquid Death's healthy beverages on Amazon or at a retailer near you. And Good Guys listeners get 20% off their first Liquid Death apparel purchase available exclusively at liquiddeath.com slash goodguys. Exclusions may apply. That's liquiddeath.com slash goodguys. But go grab Liquid Death. It's fantastic. And stay hydrated. That's liquiddeath.com slash goodguys. Hero Bread. We're a big Hero Bread house because we were a big bread house. But Hero Bread makes delicious healthy, low net carbs, high fiber, high protein, five grams of protein per slice. This bread is so soft, so delicious. Want to make a great turkey sandwich, but don't want to feel bad about having those like thick, sugary breads. Hero Bread, I promise it's so soft. It's so good. And it tastes like you're eating unhealthy bread. They make sliced breads. They make buns. They make tortillas all available at hero.co and on Amazon. They're fewer calories than the leading national brands. And again, five grams of protein per slice. So, so good. I love it. Use it to make sandwiches. Great in the morning with eggs. So, so good. I've completely substituted it in for other breads when I'm making a sandwich at home because it really is that good. So I mentioned they're soft, but so unbelievably fluffy. They taste so unbelievably delicious scrumptious. You can just squeeze it and you'll get that nice. You know, when some bread is like too healthy, it's really hard and like almost stale. This bread is so unbelievably soft and fluffy and delicious. High fiber, low net carbs, zero sugar per slice. That's important. Why do we have sugar in our bread at all? Use code goodguys for 10% off at hero.co. Hero makes sliced breads, buns, tortillas, all available at hero.co and on Amazon. And again, fewer calories than the leading national brand. Five grams of protein per slice, soft. What more could you want? Visit hero.co and use good guys at checkout for 10% off your first purchase. That's H-E-R-O dot C-O. Use code good guys for 10% off your first order. You're welcome. Speaking of other things that are launching, did you know that Jackie Ashray launched a children's book? Did you see this? Claudia's lovely sister and partner, Jackie Oshry, has got a children's book. Tell me more. It's, it's called The Camper and the Counselor. I just wanted to let you know that I pre-ordered a copy for your lovely children, and it will be there whenever that book comes out. I think it's in the next couple of months, but I pre-ordered it for you. It'll be at your door. It's a lovely children's book that she wrote, beautiful pictures, and it'll be at your door. So everybody should pre-order that book. It's, you can get it at Jackie's Instagram. It's just Jackie Ashray. It's called The Camper and The Counselor. You can order it on Amazon or Barnes & Noble or whatever it is. Yeah, very proud of her. Mazel, Jackie. We're so proud. And I think that leads us to our natural next sort of, um, should we do a speak pipe? 
<laughs> what a transition. I would love to do a speak pipe. Before we do speak pipes, I just want to say how much I love speak pipe. I love it too. Not, like, like, not like the platform. I have nothing against the platform. Sure. Like speak pipe. Fantastic. But people calling in, I love to hear from our listeners. It's so fun to answer their questions and to engage. And if I could just do an hour of speak pipes, I'm letting you know, I would just do an hour of speak pipes. So continue to please send us in your questions. We love answering them and speak pipe is great. Now, yeah, that was a transition. That was a Hey, Josh and Ben. First off, I love you guys. I listen to the podcast every week when I'm in the office, and it truly makes my day so much better. I also must say that you guys have great guests on the show, but I feel like the episodes with just you guys are the best thing. Anyway, some advice I'd like to ask you is on in-laws. I know that the good guys could never have anything but loving, positive things to say about their own in-laws, but for those of us those of us that are not as fortunate, I'd like to know how you would handle intimate gatherings with in-laws that you cannot stand. I love and get along very well with some of my husband's family, except my brother-in-law and his wife. Wow. Absolutely nothing in common besides the fact that we both have children and have completely different views on basically everything. They're rude, pretentious, awkwardness <laughs> at dinner time. At the dinner table can sometimes just be brutal. For every holiday gathering, I suck it up for my husband and the rest of our family, but I'd love to hear your thoughts and suggestions. Thanks. Well, hopefully they're not listeners. <laughs> I was going to say, pretentious, are you describing me, Hamptons, Range Rover? <laughs> it is what it is. So first of all, I think I can speak for both of us that we're very fortunate that we have in-laws that we love. Yes. So check that off the list. Very lucky. For those that have in-laws that don't, including this lovely lady, I'm incredibly sorry because that must be terrible to have to spend all that time with people that you don't like must be terrible. That said, you need to talk to your husband. This at least is my advice, right? Like you're the reason why you would think that you wouldn't get along with your husband's sister or husband's brother is because your husband doesn't get along with your husband's sister or husband's brother. I would think, right? Like there must be something amiss there that's making those interactions incredibly awkward. So I would urge your husband to make things a little bit like more pleasant for you. But I don't really have more advice than that. I just, I'm sorry. And I'm thankful. And that just freaking stinks. It's a tough one. And you're right. I, we do have incredible in-laws and yet my wife certainly has some extended family that can be a bit ornery. You know who you are. Um, oh, of course. I'm only talking about the immediate extended. Are we also talking about cousins? Well, I think there's always navigating some prickly, a prickly cousin or two. Yeah. Yeah. And so okay, continue. I, yeah. I just think you're right. You really have to be on the same page as your spouse. I remember at one point, my wife, there was this girl really courting my wife, really liked her, like wanted to be her best friend. And I just got a bad feeling. I just did not like this girl. And my wife being the beautiful, pure soul she is, she was like, but she's so nice. And I'm like, that's a problem. I don't trust <laughs> nice. I'm from New York. I know better. And it really, you know, it, it didn't become a, a major issue with us. But in seeking counsel from people who 
I talked to buddies, friends, sponsors, whatever. I was like, I don't like this girl. And I just don't, I think it's odd that there's a, this was the kind of person who would be like, well, we're going on a trip very much like I'm taking her and we're going to go do all this stuff. And then it's like, listen, far be it for me to get permission. I love when my wife goes out and have a, has a good time, but there was like this weird power play of like, mm. we're going to, you know, we're entitled to have our own shit. I'm going to get shit on for saying it like this. <laughs> Fuck. I don't mean it like that. I just mean it as like, listen, my wife and I are a team. If I go do something with my boys, like it's not that my wife isn't included. It's just like, it's just sort of a natural thing. And same thing for my wife and I, but my boys would never be like, he's mine. You know what I mean? Am I totally ripping? No, you're not. It almost sounds like the girl was, was like trying to make you jealous. Kinda. Is that what it was? A little bit. And like, I love when my wife goes and has girl nights and girl weekends and live it up. My sons and I will be eating Panda Express and watching bad guys on Netflix. But I just think like it made me feel weird. And then slowly but surely my wife being who I know her to be in that we like are very aligned on most things kind of got hip to this girl. And she, this girl started showing her true colors and my wife got turned off and it was all good. And I'm just glad I didn't overreact. So it's a long winded way of me saying you, you have to be aligned with your partner because if for some reason her husband's like, isn't my brother-in-law the fucking coolest? And you're like, um, he's a conspiracy theorist and I'm pretty sure he's looking <laughs> at my boobs. Well then, yeah, <laughs> maybe there's something amiss there and there's a deeper problem. But to that end, I don't know. Whenever I don't like people, especially family members, I try to run at their ism. Like if we're not politically aligned or whatever, I just try to like, I just try to play a character as long as it doesn't totally go against like my moral and ethics and try to like, like if they're like the Superman type, I'll bring up Joe Rogan. <laughs> like, You know what I mean? You know what it is? It's because you have an incredible amount of self-awareness. I pride myself on having self-awareness. You do. And, and I also, I think you do this too. I'd so much rather make my time pleasant than have myself be agitated in that moment. Like there are so many people that wouldn't do that, right? They would wear their truest colors and make sure that everybody knows all their point, their agenda points and their politics and all this stuff. And it's like, who the hell cares? You're seeing them for like an hour. If you're talking about like extended family, an hour, what, every six months? Like right. who cares? Like I'm so with you. Like just, just, I love, I, I, not to sound like a sociopath, I love playing a character. I love that you brought that up, like sort of just like making the person feel like really buddy, buddy with you because it's no harm, no foul. It's not like your best friends after you leave that dinner table anyways. So whether that's what she was talking about or not, maybe she should try to, I don't know, see things their way. Right. And if they really are too pretentious, maybe just call them on it. You could try that, too. Sometimes that goes like really south but you could like stir the pot a little and like let them know that you think that they're really douchey and see where that takes you. At least it'll be fun. Yeah. That I'm all about fun. Like, let's see what happens. Let's walk this right? through. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like, why not? Like, like Suzanne, I don't give a shit that your son goes to Dalton and like, see what she says. Yeah. Or like get some statistics, right? Like private school kids have a way higher, you know, chance of, of substance abuse. 
And yes, they probably do. Yes, my kid is in a public school where he's probably not learning a thing, but he's going to be fucking cool. <laughs> but he'll be cool. He'll be rad. He'll be rad. Um, do we have another? Do we have another speak pipe? You better believe it, Benny boy. Hi Ben. Hi Josh. I just had a question. Love the pod. My partner and I are going to be going to New York City in October and he's never been and he's convinced that he's going to hate it. And I wanted to get some insight from Ben, who seems to pride himself in being quite the New Yorker. If he had any recommendations or things that he would want to see that maybe aren't as touristy, because I think that's why he thinks he won't like it. Again, love the pod. Thanks. Ben, I'll take this one. If you haven't seen the Statue of Liberty... Treat yourself. (laughs) I just, I have to say this just to start. I get DMs like this all day long. Hey, I'm coming to New York. What should I see? Hey, I'm coming to New York. What should I eat? I want to first say thank you so much for calling in. Love you. So happy you're a listener. I'm not your tour guide. I'm not, I'm not trip advisor. I can't, I, I don't leave. It's so funny. Like, People think that because you're from New York that you live this like lavish life of going to like all the cool places. I live within my neighborhood and I don't I don't go anywhere else. I can give you like a, a trendy restaurant or two. Was that too mean, Josh? Should I cut that out? Hell no. G- give it to her. You think so? Yes. And we're leaving in the fact that you even second guessed it. Okay, fine. <laughs> so again, I'm sorry, but it's true. Like I, I, I don't know how to like make those proper recommendations. Like I'm an infatuation (laughs) or I'm like some listicle. I also don't have enough information. Like where are you guys from first of all, so that I can tell you what maybe your husband would like or doesn't like, why doesn't your husband want to come? Have you asked him that, right? Like who doesn't want to come to New York? Unless of course you're from like somewhere that's the polar opposite of New York. And the reason you don't want to come to New York is because you think there's too many people you don't like the hustle and bustle and that may that may be so right like maybe they're from Montana and he won't like New York because it's not his vibe it's an in- that said i don't have enough information i will speak on behalf of the greater america area which is now having enough time outside of new york and i love new york my dna is new york one day i will live again in new york it's an intimidating endeavor to go to new york Because you lose any semblance of familiarity, right? You won't have a car. Everything is going to be some sort of shared transportation. You're probably going to have a shit room unless you have a thousand dollars a night, right? If you're staying at a hotel or something. So like your only oasis from the hustle and bustle is probably a 200 square foot room with a limited amount of channels on the TV. And it's just you and I can go downtown or whatever our thing is and like meander and enjoy. I like walking around like the Lower East Side. I like going to 14th Street and just kind of bopping around and looking at things and enjoying. But it's my space. I know it. Like even having been away 20 years, I can just come back and know it. I think for a lot of people, they walk around and there's so much coming at them at one time. They go like, well, if I don't have a plan, I'm screwed. It's it's too intimidating. But I guess if you don't have a plan, like maybe this is just the type of traveler I am. Like I wouldn't come to New York expecting to see all of New York. Otherwise, New York isn't going to be fun. Like if you want to make it so touristy that you're like hitting this spot, hitting that spot, like I just, I don't know, New York, you could have such an incredible time 
within the same mile radius. Yes. Like you don't have to go and see everything. Come back if you really liked it. Go pick an area, stay in it. Literally from Washington Heights down to the Lower East Side to Wall Street to Chelsea to wherever you want to stay. And I mean this sincerely. You can have an unbelievable time for three days without ever leaving the area or however long you're coming and find different things to do. And that's why New York is so exciting because no matter where you go, there's always something to do. There's always a new great restaurant. There's always a great old restaurant. There's always something to see. There's a concert, there's a show, there's a whatever it may be, right? So I wouldn't, to digress, I, I wouldn't put too much pressure on your trip and I would come, I would have a great time like, I think we've spoken about this. It's funny, I'm the opposite when I'm on vacation with my wife, though. My wife loves to just read by the beach. And I'm like, oh, no, I need to go see everything. Right. Uh, but I, but for New York, I, I don't think that you need to plan out exactly what you're going to see. Just wake up in the morning, go, and you'll have a great day. I agree. And I like I love to stay at the standard on the Lower East Side. And what's Cooper, Cooper's place? What's it called? St. Cooper? I don't know. It's near St. Mark's. But it's Cooper yeah. Street, Cooper Street. And if you think about that area, right? And, and again, I couldn't agree with you more. Don't put the stress on yourself. Because the stress is, to me, is the worst part. Like that phone, that self-induced FOMO of like, I just spent all this money. I got to check all the boxes. Like you could literally wake up there, go to the Crunch Gym right there, you know, because you're going to eat. So you want to knock off a couple calories. And then get like... Get a touristy lunch if you haven't had a hot dog from a hot dog stand or like if you want to have like a simple lunch, whatever, do your thing. Four blocks away is Washington Square Park, beautiful NYU, the alumni of the Oshries. Go walk around Washington Square Park. There's going to be people performing. If it's the summer, there's going to be like street rat kids bathing in the fountain and then like walk over to the chess players, watch them play chess like they do in the movies. Like, and it's a stroll. It's easy. See the college, go look at some stuff. If you really want, you can go to like Soho and, and shop, but who wants to do that? And then, or go to Prince Street Pizza, which is close to there. And then midday after your nap, wake up, go to Venero's, which is right there, another block away, get some nice Italian pastry. I'm talking lobster tail. I'm talking a cannoli. Dinner, you can tell I'm very food focused. Go to go to Momofuku, get some noodles. I mean, these are easy places you can just bop into. It's literally everything I just said is with, within a half mile of the hotel. And it's a non-stress day, but you really did a lot. Life doesn't happen bi-weekly, so why should your payday? The money you can earn can be in your hands today with earning. Earnin is the app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or $750 per pay period. Just download the Earnin app and verify your paycheck. Then access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. As money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. If I needed something like Earnin, Earnin is exactly what I'd use. If you need access to money, faster than your employer is paying you, Earnin is a really great place to start. Make Earnin as a part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability, security. 
It gives me a lot of ease and peace of mind. Download Earnin today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earnin app, type in Good Guys under Podcast when you sign up. It'll really help the show, Good Guys under Podcast. Subject to your available earnings, daily max, and pay period max. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Download Earnin today in the Google Play or Apple App Store. So I'm not going to lie to you. About a month ago, I was laying in bed and Claudia, my wife, looked at the top of my head and said, Ben, I think your hair is thinning a little bit. And while that was incredibly scary at first, I realized that I had Nutrafol. And Nutrafol has helped with my thinning hair. I take it regularly. And I think it could be really helpful to a lot of you. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement, clinically shown to improve hair growth, visible thickness, and strength. Nutrafol's physician-formulated hair growth supplements use science-backed ingredients Their drug-free, patented technology provides consistent, reliable results. Thinning hair is different for men and women. Nutrafol has multiple unique formulas to provide exactly what their body and hair need to grow based on their biology, age, and other lifestyle factors. Go to Nutrafol.com to take their hair health wellness quiz, identify causes of your thinning hair, and Nutrafol will give you a personalized plan for better hair health through whole body wellness. Nutrafol supports healthy hair growth from within by targeting root causes of thinning stress, hormones, environment, nutrition, lifestyle, and metabolism through whole body health. And it works. In clinical studies, 72% of men saw more scalp coverage after taking Nutrafol men's hair growth supplement for six months. And 86% of women saw improved hair growth after taking Nutrafol's women hair growth supplement for six months. To take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair, for a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter promo GOODGUYS. Find out why other over 4,000 healthcare professionals recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com spelled N-U-T. R-A-F-O-L dot com, promo code GOODGUYS. That's Nutrafol.com, promo GOODGUYS. I can't believe that I forgot to tell you this. I was at Prince Street Pizza maybe a week ago, just randomly popped in, got a slice, looked to my left, and there's gorgeous Josh Peck on the wall. Thank you. Just a gorgeous mug, smiling, photograph, Shout out Dom, Dom, the owner, who's a big fan, who told me this great story, which I didn't even know. And I I feel terrible about it because he's just like the sweetest. So I was shooting Turner and Hooch in Vancouver for over the pandemic. And we were chatting and I was just like, bro, I miss the pizza. I can't wait to get to New York. He goes, you know what? Let me send you some. I'm like, me? Come on. That's too much. Too much. He goes, let me send it to you. So he sends it. I get a call. So it, obviously it's on dry ice or whatever, like gold belly style. I get a call like a week later from Canadian customs going, Aye. we have a package here and we're going to need you to pay like a couple hundred dollar tariff on it. And they didn't say it was from Prince street. <laughs> I'm like, 
this sounds like a telemarketer. Thank you. No, thank you. Not buying here. I don't need it. Basically, they held it for no reason. They finally sent it back after like three weeks. Didn't tell me what it was. It went bad in the box. And Dom had to spend like 500. <laughs> he had already spent the tax, like 500 bucks to send it. So I feel awful. I owe Dom 500 bucks, but I'm assuming this shout out is enough and more. And I, I, that's crazy, isn't it? That's crazy. It's even crazier that it returned to sender. I'm just thinking of him opening after doing <laughs> you such a solid, just like opening this rotten, disgusting smelling three week old, terrible. Ugh, God, it's by the way, I was about to say, fuck the Canadian customs. It just fuck customs like in general, like, let me send my food. Yes. Like this, this stuff has happened before. Like we'll, we'll go to Turks and Caicos and like the good Jews we are, we like to bring in our own kosher meat because there's no kosher meat on the island. What does that so, mean? You fly with meat? Occasionally. It's not, it's, it's a rare occurrence, but sometimes what we'll a revelation. So in your, in your carry on, we've got two ribeyes and a small skirt steak. What are we talking? Okay. Occasionally. Yes. <laughs> what? I'm ta We're talking ground Turkey. It could be. It could be. It depends on what we're thinking we want to eat. A small and filet? This is only, it could be. Chicken thighs? It, it could be. No, that chicken thighs. I'm not a thigh guy. I'm big on the breast. <laughs> wow. I'm not a... Clip that. <laughs> big on the breast. But the amount of money that you pay in meat that you then need to pay the tariff on, unbelievable. I'm not selling it. I'm eating it. It's the same thing with you. You're eating your pizza. You're not selling the pizza. I guess you could have. Are you telling me there's no Chabad of Montego Bay? There could be. There could be. There could be. I'm just imagining you with a slow cooker and a Cholent recipe. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Blue. it it could happen. Sometimes you check it, but you typically check it below. It's a thing. It's a How thing. How are you, you keeping it cold? Is there ice? Yeah, like kind of like Gold Belly, dry ice or like you put it in completely frozen to start and then you have extra ice packs and by the time you get there it's cold or still probably frozen or if anything it's thawed and it's ready to go on the grill at your airbnb imme immediately immediately on the grill that's not a bad plan now are you marinating while it's under the hull of the, the plane <sighs> it's interesting you know you you could i've never thought about this you could pre-marinate it then freeze it marinated so that by the time you're there it's thawed marinated throw it on the grill is there a less intense version of snakes on a plane called meat on a plane? <laughs> yes. And it's a porno. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the name of the episode. Okay. <laughs> Next caller. Hi guys. My name is Abby. I'm from Colorado. I absolutely love the podcast. Also have to throw in there that I love your wives. My question is what would be your last meal? I don't care. Five courses, seven courses, however many freaking courses you want. What would be your last meal? Wow. I mean, I can start. I've done this before. You have done this. And I actually remember, I think we did something similar to this on an old episode. And my answer was so shitty and your answer was so freaking good. So I'm excited for you to go first. So maybe I can like try to make it as good as yours. But well, shout out my boy, Josh who has a show for Good Mythical Morning called uh, Last Meals, where you actually tell them what your last meal would be. Maybe we should go on it together. And then- Yeah, that sounds great. They have professional chefs make it all. Ooh, fun. It really is fun. I'm in. As long as they get I'm kosher in. meat. And yeah. 
My mine was penne vodka, but made with a rigatoni shell and chicken parm, orange chicken and steam rice, beef chow fun. We love a flat noodle, macaroni and cheese baked in a cast iron skillet, a Coke Zero, and then for dessert there was mint chip ice cream cake, chocolate lava cake, and vanilla wedding cake. Oh my God, that sounded unbelievable. Thank you. Unbelievable. Thank you so much. All right, I'm going to walk you through it, and I'm also going to try to give you restaurants where I'd get it from. I'm going to start off with a soup. I'm actually going to start off with two soups. One, a French onion soup from the diner. Wow. I love a diner French onion soup. Two, a mushroom barley soup from Second Avenue Deli or Pastrami Queen. I love a mushroom barley. From there, I'm heading over to Hillstone. And at Hillstone, I'm getting an Osaka-style spicy tuna roll. So good, I literally dream about it. From there, I'm going to, ooh, where should I pick? I'll do Carbone Chicken Parm. Unbelievable. No, I just spoke at length about kosher meat. We're going down two trafe, two trafe places. Carbone Chicken Parm, Peter Luger's Steak, Filet side only though. It's not, it's not against them. Just the filet side of the porterhouse is just so much more delicious. And then dessert, 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 dessert. I love like an, a delicious warm apple pie mm. with a cold vanilla ice cream. I love that combo. I think it's so delicious. Apple crisp. So good. Ugh. So, so good. I also love those. What are those? You know those little like fruit pies with the custards? I love those. Is it growing up means realizing cake is for kids and pie is for adults? Maybe. Maybe. It's also, I mean, it's so, shout out to people that make great cake. There's so much bad cake out there. Yes. And nobody talks about that, right? There's so much bad cake. There's a lot of bad cake. Cake is too ubiquitous. It's everywhere. And I think we need to embrace the pie. I think we need to be cooking more pies. And I think there need to be more pies on windowsills being cooled by the wind. Is there a lot of bad pie? I feel like it's rare that I'll meet a pie that I didn't like. Here's the thing about pies. You know you're going to get less trans fat. You're also going to have something seasonal <laughs> because usually it's the fruit of the season, which is the hot pie at the moment. Ooh, I'd love a peach pie. I love pie. Peach anything, babe. It's some, peach is so good. Peach Spritz Society, unbelievable. You, peach is the number one. Is, it's the number one flavor. Do you know someone wrote me on my DMs that they don't like that I call you babe because they think it's too, like we're just not we're not broy enough for them. All right, bro. <laughs> Sounds sick. Let's go, dog. bro. Let's go, bro. Let's go, brother. Fuck yeah, straight let's dude. Let's do. Let's do it. You know why? See, I like that you said that because we're just so comfortable with each That's other right. and with ourselves that we we say babe, we say boychi, we say boychick, we say more babe, we say queen. It's because we're confident. It's because most Jewish men are are raised by such matriarchal women that it it just it has a beautiful kind of wonderful sort of impression washing effect on our, we're just, we're, we're girl guys. Is that right? We're guys, F, girls? Yes. Girl guys. Yes. Girl guys. F that guy. Speaking of girl guys. It was a girl so who said we it. Were, 
<laughs> it was, oh, <laughs> F that girl. Unless actually, I mean, she's fine. Whatever. No, ever, 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 ever. It, ever, it, ever. Yeah, it, it is what it is. Oh, I completely lost my train of thought. That stinks. <laughs> what are you nuts? <laughs> <laughs> yes, let's do it, please. Or, or you have an, or you have another speak pipe. I don't have a speak pipe, but I actually, I actually had a story which would lead to a fun listicle. Let's go story, and then we'll go. What are you nuts? Because Kevin Costner is mm. currently in in the middle of a divorce, and his estranged wife wants two hundred and fifty k a month in child support. Ouch. So. Hearing that, I decided to look up 10 of the most expensive divorce settlements in history. First one, out the gate, the most expensive. What do you think, Ben? Who do you think it might be? This is, oh, who who do I think it might be? Yes, who do you think has had the most expensive divorce? I'm happy to give you hints. Yeah, give me a hint. This divorce could have happened in two-day free delivery. Bezos. Yeah, it's Bezos. Divorce Prime. He got his divorce on Prime. Yeah, and, and what is it? What is it monthly? Is it is it broken down by monthly or it's a lump sum? No, he just handed her thirty eight billion. He didn't ha- excuse me. Shut up, man, Josh. You you toxic male. He didn't hand her anything. She was very deserving, and what was rightfully hers was thirty eight billion dollars. Nuts, nuts. That said, back to Kevin Costner for one second. I I did remember hearing though. I think I spoke about this. I was on the toast with Claudia last week and she brought up Kevin Costner and he has a $150 million home and was going to buy her a $1.5 million house as like a see you later. I'm staying at my house. Right. And, and I do think that there's a far cry between, I don't think that Bezos's wife needed 38 billion. That's pretty nuts. Like once you get into the bees, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but that just, I think she would have been fine with a billion. I'll tell you what I would. I will tell you that Jeff Bezos's ex-wife Mackenzie Scott is maybe the most badass philanthropist that has ever walked this earth. Like she uses it. She uses the money. I think in three years she gave quietly, by the way, because obviously if I'm telling you about it, quietly gave away $10 billion. Like when you're giving away that much, you are yeah. making such a massive impact on different charities. Like you're literally changing lives. You know what? You bring up a great point. Taking the billions from the billionaires and giving it to people that know how to spend it. Yes. On not submarines. <laughs> <laughs> 14 billion. Thank you, Marshall. Wow. We really have, what, can you believe, this is a professional podcast. Our producer's looking up things for us live on the air. That was so good. That was so good and quick. I love Mackenzie it. Mackenzie Scott is a fucking badass. And really quickly, it, it, it's worth mentioning that Tiger Woods and his wife, that settlement was for $710 million. What? Can you imagine if he had done live golf? It would have it been a flash in the pan. Now Tiger's hurting. Wait. No, I'm kidding. Wait, I, I didn't even know he had that much money. Oh, he's in the billions. He gave her $750 million. Seven, oh ten. God. Oh, my God. That's nice. And sorry, you heard me say it right. He gave her $710 million. Toxic. That's what it is. Wow. Because that's, that's what it is. And if roles are reversed, I'd say the same thing. Fair. She gave him $710 million. There's a difference between giving somebody money or 
so that they can live this. You can live the exact same life that you probably lived with Tiger Woods for 50 mil. Nah. No? No. If you get divorced from Tiger Woods. Because is that the point? The point is that you should be able to live the same type of life that you were living with that person. The standard of living you have grown accustomed to, so says the great state of New York and California. Wow. 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 That's crazy. It's So I have a, I have a question on that. Strategically, what if you knew that you were going to divorce your husband or wife, right? But you plan this two years out. So you significantly lower <laughs> your standard of living over the next two years. You downgrade your home. You didn't have to. You, you move from your $50 million penthouse into a $5,000 a month one bedroom rental. Sure. And then all of a sudden you get divorced. Has anybody ever thought of that? Yes. It's called hiding your money and they always find it. A hundred percent. Damn it. Oh, that's really, I that's had a crazy. wild, I knew a guy and I don't think he's a good guy. So I don't mind telling this story. He, <laughs> he was a hedge fund guy. He was a master in sort of shorting stocks. He got in some hot water a couple of years ago, but he was married, got divorced, had to pay a huge amount of alimony and, and child support as well. He should have to. A few years later, the wife gets married. Uh, I'm sorry, meets a guy. They have a relationship. They get engaged and they have a wedding and he attends the wedding. And he's happy that when if you are to remarry after a divorce, you no longer get alimony. Of course, you still get child support, but it's assumed that you will now be, you know, you're in a new relationship. You no longer get the alimony from your ex-husband. So he stopped paying. Well, six months later, the police show up at his door and they say, Mr. So-and-so, we're here to take you to jail on back alimony payments. He goes, I was at the wedding. They just got married. What are you talking about? He comes to find out that the wedding and the engagement was all a bit of a show and the ceremony was a promise of love ceremony and that she chose not to file for a marriage license so that she would continue to get the alimony. And he had to not only sit in jail, but pay back alimony for six months. Oh my God. <laughs> what did, what, what did he do to her? He's a no good. That's one. an, that's an angry, vengeful, Clearly for the right reason, woman. Yes. What did he do? Oh, wow. Good for her. Wow. Good for her. Ceremony of love, though. What a bunch of hooey. <laughs> <laughs> what a bunch of hooey. What are you nuts? Do you have your what are you nuts moment of the week? I do. It's a short one. It's the way that I feel every summer. Maybe spring, summer. Walking around the city. Taking my dog for walks perusing, talking on the phone. I love taking a phone call on the street. Half the time, if I'm on the phone with you, you'll hear cars honking. I like walking and talking. Mm. I like seeing what's around me, breathing in that crisp air. Something happens when the weather just peaks over 60, where runners just say, I'm going to take off my shirt and I'm going to run around the streets of New York completely shirtless. Mm. And all I got to say is, what are you nuts? It's enough. It's enough. It's not for you, right? You're not doing it. I'm sorry. You're not doing it so that you're more comfortable, right? Because you prefer to not, like, you're doing it to show me your body. You're doing it 
for all these strangers to give you validation or this validation that you've concocted in your head that if you show your big muscles that you can run around the city and make yourself feel better about yourself. And I just got to tell you, I don't want to see it. I don't want to see it ever again. What are you, nuts? I love that. I wish I wasn't afraid to take my shirt off in public or private because I would be, <laughs> I would be perpetuating that problem for you. I'd be the shirtless runner. You would. Probably. Why? Why? I don't even know. I have never, I've literally gone like this. And for the audio only listeners, I'm turning around right now. I have taken off my shirt, be it at the gym, in front of my wife, whomever, my entire life like this. You know what? I always yeah. turn around. I've never been like a, woo. Like that's just never been my, I'm never giving full frontal shirt off. So the power that like to feel that way of, here I am, nips out, you know, just just a, a vitamin D magnet. I don't know. Probably would feel pretty good, but maybe not. Fine. I have a second. What are you Please. nuts? Can I do another yeah. one? Okay. Because it reminded me of something. For Father's Day, we went to a day spa in Queens. I won't give the name of this place because I'm going to speak negatively about it. But we went to a day spa. Me, my dad, my mom, my sister. And we all got our separate massages. There's a men's locker room, a women's locker room. And they have all of these hot tubs, jacuzzis, cold plunges, saunas, steam rooms, whatever, in the men's area. Me and my dad walk in, and everyone is completely naked. Completely naked. Bush, wiener, everything. Everyone, everything. And me and my dad are there wearing bathing suits because... Me and my father are incredibly close. That's it. I don't need to see a schmeck. He doesn't need to see my schmeck. It's just not necessary that we're in such close quarters with each other's schmecks out. And maybe in a hot tub, it's just not necessary. It's not necessary at all. Security guard comes up to us and says, excuse me, the two of you, you're going to have to leave. I said, why? What's wrong? No bathing suits allowed. What are you, nuts? I can't. I, like, I couldn't believe it. I was thinking to myself, these people are just all completely naked because they're so like confident. It's like their thing. Maybe they come here all they're the all time. Up. It's literally, you're, you're not allowed to wear a bathing suit. It was, my mind was blown. And also just like, I don't know, like, like guys that just walk around how many different ways can I say the word penis? I said, schmeck, I was about to say Johnson. How, how are you a man that just walks around freely with your dong hanging low, just like walking around guys that you've never met? It just, Schwanz. It blows my, it, it blows my mind. It blows my mind. I'm sorry. It blows my mind. I, I agree. And I, I actually have a tertiary or a aligned what are you nuts moment of what you just said, which is different euphemisms for the word penis, which is once, I don't know how it came up, but I was telling some story to the Hillary Duff. And I remember calling a penis a hog. And I'm like, <laughs> I was like, so, you know, you're walking around if you got your hog out. And she stopped me dead in my tracks and said, did you just call a penis a hog? And I was like, too much. So that was embarrassing. So, Josh, what are you, freaking nuts? 
A hog. That's a good one. I mean, that's a good one. Yeah, I just think it's really funny calling calling it a hog. Which literally, in in saying that, my my Winnie Nuts moment literally left my brain box. Except I was about to. Oh, oh, I got it. I got it. I got it. Okay, here's the thing. I don't agree with it, but this is the standard in which we, this is the world in which we're living in. And we can't live in the world that we think we deserve. We have to live in the world that is. And the world that is, is that punctuation is off a fucking cliff. And if I receive a text message without an exclamation point, I assume you're mad at me. I, it's ridiculous. Everything has become, hi, okay, (laughs) great. And it's insane. We're insane people. If we talked the way we text, everything would be like, see you there. But we can't (laughs) go back now. And I have a couple friends who are real stoic weirdo texters who have lack of punctuation. And I'm, I'm wounded when they text me. So my answer is, what are you nuts? I know you're technically doing the right thing, but join us in the current day in which we live. They need to prioritize your mental health and everyone around them. I couldn't agree with you more. The people that won't get on the exclamation point train, just tell me you hate me. If you write sounds good, I'm going to think that it's bad. Yes. Right? Right. Sounds good. Exclamation point. It's just simple etiquette. If I write my wife, how are you? Or how's it going? And she writes fine. A call is coming into her phone 30 seconds later (laughs) with me going, what's wrong? Are you? And by the way, who's sick? And you're right. Yes. And you're right. You were right. Something was wrong. I would almost sometimes if I get a worse reaction, like a meh, or like a, or or just some sort of telling emoji, then I'll go like, oh, she's annoyed because so and so, her sister did something, or she didn't like this, or you know, she's overtired from the kids. But if I just get a fine, that that might as well be everything's awful, you know, and you're the cause. Yep. Yep. Ben, what an episode. I'm so proud of us. Me too. Me too. I feel this way after every episode. I wonder if it'll ever get old. I loved it. I wonder if it'll ever get old. I, I will tell you this. The premiere for Oppenheimer is coming up. It's next week. If I go, I'm going to find a way to get you in. I don't know if I'm going, but if I go, you're coming. What's the date on it? 17th. 17. Will you be in LA? I'll be there. You'll be in LA? I mean, I'll be there if I'm It's suppo- in New York. Like, if I'm Even a- better. Oh, it's in New York on the 17th? Yeah. Oh, oh my God. Of course I have to come. I'm going to figure it out. Okay. Well, if, if you need me to pull some strings. Hold on. Let me practice. Let me practice what I'm going to say. Mr. Nolan, Mr. Soffer, Bruce's son. Do you imagine? <laughs> need a kugel? <laughs> we'll trade tickets for kugel. Chris, have you had derma? thank you for listening to the good guys rate it five stars what are you nuts if you don't tell a friend listen to it on on amazon on apple Podcasts, spotify everywhere podcasts are available but comment and rate it it really means the world to us Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.